Um, I have uh, had hip surgery about 10 weeks ago, had knee surgery on my left knee, uh, replacement, excuse me, both of those, um, half weeks ago. I have this one placed in a week and a half, hiding things coming up. <laughs> um, it's going to alter the course of my future. <laughs> Already is. Um, well, just really quickly, um, as you step back and just think about like what we've talked about so far very quickly, um, any feedback or input or observations about some of the things we've been discussing in the last two weeks? It's been a kind of a real survey kind of approach as opposed to going deep, right? So I've meant to keep it at a kind of an inch deep and a mile wide is what I, my goal was, and we didn't even get through last week completely. Um, any thoughts or feedback that you might have? Uh-huh. Study? Yeah. So, you know, are picking up on things sure. that, that you are nothing. No, but you're learning I'm and learning growing. I'm learning and, yeah. and I think, I mean, I don't usually say this, but I think people... Really tremendously exciting, it? yeah. It is, and making it four weeks sometimes Yeah, that's kind of hard. <laughs> you know, I know in your I think, you know, maybe a six weeks would be good. Helpful, a little yeah. bit more. Yeah. Right. Um, so then you don't have to rush. Sure. Anything, yeah. Or is that me? No, no. It, it is that way on purpose, just because of it being a survey. But um, I mean, that's my theory. I don't know. But it's. Um, I'm hoping that the rest of today, somewhat, but for sure next week will be, you know, a little bit of a turn the tables. Mm -hmm. You know, from the standpoint of giving you the opportunity to ask questions that um, that you've always had or still have or. Whatever, so that'd be good. Hopefully, kind of get the more interactions. Yeah. Younger, how yeah. Like yeah. Re kind of let it kind of yeah. move through your mind and uh, uh, think about it. Yeah. Okay. I've always been a little. Yeah. What does that look like, and how is that, and everything? Right. Yeah. Excellent. That's we're going to get into that today. Good. Excellent. I know just from being at Bible study. Um, just happening to have your diagram of my Bible, um, the question of death came up. Uh -huh. And so I had two women at Catholic background and about death, and I was able to pull it out. You're sharing me like, well, I'm taking heaven class, and I invited them to, to join us, um, but they couldn't. And I was just able to show them like, here, yeah, this is what yeah. you know, this is what I just learned. And so both of them were like, cool, like, yeah, yeah. Well, that's ex exciting. You know, you might want to sh forward them the URL. And they could, like, listen on their own if they had time and stuff. The only thing on the URL, I just want to give you um, – uh, good morning, good morning. <laughs> um, I just want to give you input on that. I've had some feedback. Um, most computers, if you just click on it on the – on the uh, Dropbox site, you won't be able to listen to the audio. You have to pull it down to your computer. Okay. That's the that's a fundamental. That, that's just that's a only thing. yeah. That's yeah. the only thing. And I I'll put that in today's notes. But uh, it's just you got to do that. And so people, a couple of people have come back my way. Yeah. Good. Exciting. That's great. Um, Mark, anything? Have you been able to catch, listen uh, on the side at all? I was, I was trying and I couldn't do and it. And you couldn't you know, do it. Sorry night, about that. You know, I was, yeah. I gave up and then I, I figured out oh, I'll save this stuff. I had downloaded Yeah. And that's when the. No problem. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Okay. Good. Well, listen. Um, uh, let's take let's take a let's take a crack at. Uh, oh, good morning, Marty. Um, um, let's take a crack together. Um, uh, we were just getting started, Marty. Okay. The, yeah, the one on the right's yours. Um, right. Yep. And uh, um, just before we do get started, um, maybe after they finish the, uh, the music, we could uh, open that door. <laughs> after maybe after they finish the music, it's a little. Uh, uh, it's getting a little bit warm in here. Um, but but we just went around and got input from everybody about um, kind of how they've. The observations about this class so far, and some of the um, learnings they've had, um, uh, Marty, um, just yes. just your. Uh, we we kind of went around the room already, but I any any input from you as far as um, so far in the class? And well, um, yeah, it's, it's cool. I 
always wanted to know and always, you know, just... But also, you know, you want... I died very early. I was only 16, yeah. you know, and the people of... Yeah. And question person, so... Yeah. Excellent. Good. Um, I know, Tim, you were just able to sit in last week, yeah. but any any so fe feedback or... Observation talk about heaven or hell, and in modern day church, and we talk about either one of those. Talking about practicality and hell. Right. The Bible talks to about where we're at today. What about the future? What's so true. That? Yeah, so true. And uh, good. Well, I, a couple of the people in the room are actually taking the URL and forwarding on to people to listen and they're, they're getting a lot of great feedback so that's exciting hey uh, when you think about the heaven from the world's perspective what what would be the description they'd they'd, they'd give you um, it's, it's some of them probably are on our bullets on on some of the answers there right <laughs> um, what, what what I mean it, what would be the average person on the street that you'd kind of get what, what would they say pardon me not true. Okay. Oh, I'm sorry. Yep. Over there. So, so what you're saying is there is no heaven. Yeah. Okay. I've heard people say, "Oh, that's just like a letter about death." Okay. Feel better either about death or themselves or something, right? Okay. Good. What else? Okay. Good. Yeah. Huh. Okay, so, I, so sometimes it's it's this right, and and sometimes it's like I don't know, kind of what I've heard, <laughs> boring, um, eternal church service or something, you know. About the oh yeah. Uh -huh. I've heard in I was watching this morning. Then he noticed was to land, so then very much so. At this time, as yeah. Christian, you know? Right. So, any other major ones? You guys have any other ones that you kind of? Hear from your friends, or yeah, right, yeah. Better be good because heaven's a better alternative. Yeah, like, yeah. So you have this whole dimension of quote being good, right? And then somehow, um, you know, there's this you know scale, right? That's gonna somehow tip my way, right? Honestly, that was the way I was taught. In church. Right. Like, be afraid. Yeah, very much so. Um, it, 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 any observations about the observations <laughs> or the perspective? They're all over the place. They're really all over the place, right? There's no commonality. There's no grounding. Okay, well, why would you believe what you believe, right? Um, not one not is one true. Close. <laughs> not even like unfathomably close, right? Um, okay. Yeah, pretty interesting, huh? Um, okay, let's uh, let's uh, run through our um, questions here. You uh, had a chance to look at these. Um, <laughs> heaven is um, a metaphor for something good, a fairy tale dreamland, a real place. And the answer is a real place. okay. Okay, good. A real place. Let's turn to John fourteen three. Let's turn to John fourteen three. Thank you for opening that up, Marty. On 14, verse 3. Um, anybody? <coughs> yeah, go ahead, please. So there's a better context. Many rooms is where I go to prepare a place where I go and prepare a place for That where I am, you may be also. Okay. Where I am, you may be also. Is that is that not a um, a, a, a description of a of, of a place? says where I am, the where. It's a physical place of some kind. Because he's going to say spatially um, remove you to bring you to a place where I am. And so um, definitely a physical destination. I'm going to come back and take you there. Um, and I've been preparing there for you um, at this time. Okay, good. Um, other names of heaven include uh, New Jerusalem, the New Jerusalem and the New Earth, <laughs> Cloud 9, verses 10 and 11. Um, inputs? A, certainly a, a New Jerusalem is correct. Which one's the most correct, though? B. B would be the New Jerusalem and the New Earth. So we're going to talk a little bit more about that. That's a good, good point. Yeah, but see, it the 
So it's a great question. We're going to get into that today. Okay. It's a really good question. Uh, so the answer is the new Jerusalem and the new earth. Let's turn, if we could, to Revelation 21. Revelation chapter 21. Um, would somebody read verses 1 and 2 for us? Okay, so let's, let's unpack this just a second. John's speaking about something he sees in the future, right? Mm-hmm. And what does he see? Let's, let's, let's describe this. Talk, talk to me, anybody. Okay, he saw, he, saw, he saw a first heaven and a first, and a first earth. Um, and, and this first heaven and first earth, he says, what happened there? It passed away. We're going to come back to that in a second. Okay, we're going to come back to that in a second. Um, but what replaces it? Okay, holy city, verse 2, called, quote, the new Jerusalem. Okay, and where, where is this city now? Okay, it's in heaven as we know it now. I'm going to introduce you to a, a new description. Let's, let's call it intermediate heaven. Okay, so call, how I'd read this, it would be um, coming down out of the intermediate heaven, just for for a little bit of clarity to kind of put some things in order for you, okay? So, during this time, there is heaven. We said, what is heaven again? Heaven is where God has chosen to dwell because he is eternal and he, he, he alone is outside of time and space, but has chosen to, quote, dwell in what we call the third heaven. Remember from last week? And the third heaven, let's call it intermediate heaven. Okay, so that's an important piece here. Okay, so then he says, um, and, and it came from the intermediate heaven, and he saw this holy city or called the New Jerusalem actually physically come down from this other place, so somehow it's it's up, and it's coming down, okay, and he sees it physically coming down to what? The old earth? The new heaven and the new earth, okay, and so um, uh, this heaven here in verse 1 would would be what we what we see as the, remember we had the second heaven, that was the interstellar space, and then the atmosphere around the earth. So that would be talking about the first and second heavens there. Okay, follow me so far? Everybody, got it? Um, any questions? Okay, so, so, so the, um, the new heaven will be, quote, on earth. We're going to find that out. Um, it will, and so more to come on this. Um, okay. Uh, next question. In heaven we will float among the clouds, strumming harps, sit in an eternal church service, uh, serve God with great joy. Okay. C, good. Serve God with great joy. Serve God with great joy. Turn with me to Revelation chapter 1. Revelation chapter 1. John sees um, God and Christ and the Holy Spirit, and he speaks of Christ and what Christ has done for us in this this uh, new heavens and new earth. And um, somebody want to read verse five and six, Revelation one five and six. Us from our city. Yep. And has made us. Okay. Made us to be a kingdom and priests to his God for and Father. To, to him be the glory and dominion forever and ever. Okay, so he's made, he, is this present tense or, or, or past tense? Has made us. Past tense. Interesting, right? Yeah. Yeah. Past tense. So this is saying that Christ has made us past tense, okay, <laughs> to be a kingdom and priest to his God and Father. So when we think about kingdom, there, there's, 
there's a dimensional aspect of all the parts of, of being a part of a kingdom. So there's an, a dimension here of, of leading and, and ruling and having oversight and responsibilities like Marty talked about a second ago. Um, and so we're going to get into that more today. Um, and then priests, um, we, we don't have this concept of priests, but, but in the New, New Testament, they did. What, what would you say would be the primary role of priests? You know, the New Testament talks about that fact that the priesthood of the believer, right? Each believer in Christ. Um, so what, what, is, what, is that, what do you think that role has to do with? How were priests involved? To what? Okay, they, they were engaged in sacrifices, yes, on behalf of the people, right? Now, the New Testament says we're all priests because we can come directly and have interaction with God directly now. No more um, having to go through anybody else. And in this setting, we're going to be face-to-face. Um, and so... Priests in this in this setting is just speaking of worship. We're going to be worshipers, so all the dimensions of worship. Okay, so we will we will function at, in two major roles: one in worship as worshipers, and all the dimensions that come in there. And that's what he says: God has made us to be. And number two is um, uh, uh, participants in this kingdom. And all the dimensions that that will play, specifically more in, in, in I would use the concept of leadership and um, leading and all the parts that facilitate um, making a successful kingdom exist. And we're going to get into that today. Worshiper, worshipers and kingdom. So I'm going to come back to that in a second. Does that, any questions there make sense so far? Okay. So I'm going I'm to un- unpack that for you. So this idea of leadership, authority, making decisions, set goals, make plans, share ideas. This is the idea of it being like everything being important. If these are the two things, th- 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 these two roles, when I read this and understood it, rocked my world. Rocked my world. Because that was where my question was that I gave you that first day. How good of a worshiper am I today? Other than being in the presence of God and seeing him face to face, your capabilities in these two roles aren't going to get any better than they are today. So am I on a trajectory to take these two roles in my life seriously? Am I on a trajectory to get better at each of these personally today? Not then. Because God, God is going, this, this whole thing of kingdom, okay, my participation in the kingdom, this is so amazing. Like, God has personally wired every single one of you and myself with passions. Like, my passions aren't your passions, but your passions aren't my passions. He's wired you with a spiritual gift. That spiritual gift is not just to be used in this life. It will be used for eternity, for his kingdom and his glory. He's wired you with experiences from the past that no one else has. He's wired you with talents that he personally has created you with and for. Like, add up all those components and like, like that's... That's what God's created you for. And now apply those into an eternal state whereby I'm living my life not for my kingdom and not for my glory, but I'm living it for the glory of the kingdom of God and for him personally. And everything I do is built on edifying and growing and building people up and 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 together we're adding on to things that we're doing in such a way that we don't care who gets the credit it's all about the 
the glory of God and serving Him and pleasing Him because that will be our whole desire. Can you imagine what could be done on, on the new earth and in the new universe when that kind of an MO exists? Isn't that cool? Like, and to be so incredibly fulfilled because like God is using... How many of you have been on a mission trip or something like that where you've like, 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 I'm like where God wanted me to be. I'm doing what God wants me to do. And then you're like, whoa, what if that feeling was my feeling for eternity? How cool would that be? That's what we're talking about here. That's how we're, te- we're thinking here. Okay? Huge. In heaven, we will be angels, people with bodies, or disembodied spirits. Okay, good. People with bodies. People with bodies. Um, so, um, let's take a look at, uh, if you remember John 21, we're not going to go there, but remember Christ, in it, the third time he, he showed himself to the disciples, he was there and he ate breakfast. Do you remember that? He he. he he was with them. He, t- he, he took the food. He ate it. And he's in his, his, his post-resurrected state. And so um, a de- definite, we can learn a lot about Christ in, in his post-resurrected state. But turn with me to Philippians 3.20. Philippians 3.20 and 21. Some of you want to read those two verses. Philippians 3.20 and 21. And 21. Oh, and 21. Will transform our lowly bodies. Okay, so God is going to transform our bodies, okay, physical bodies, into to become conformed to or pressed into the same mold as the body of Christ's glory. So our we will our bodies will be like Christ's in his post-resurrected state, and he'll do it by the exertion of the power that he has to subject all things to himself. Okay, make sense, everybody? Yeah? So we can learn, what we can learn from Christ and his post-resurrected state um, will be the same as our post-resurrected state. Um, 1 John 3, verse 2. A couple chapters, books to the right. 1 John 3, verse 2. Read this before in our time. First John three two. Okay, so there's this this promise that when Christ appears, we will be like Him, like Him in in our physical bodies. We will be like Him in that way. Okay, good. Um, animals will be in heaven. Agree? Disagree? Agree. What did we cover last on last week? What are creatures? Agree. Yeah, yeah. So agree. So. Animals were in the first creation, right? In Eden. I mean, and he called that what? Very good. Very good. Okay? And so we, we know that animals are today in what we call the intermediate heaven. We looked at that last week, right? At least creatures. Um, and these creatures are um, quite different animals, at least from what we have here. Um, and uh, let's turn to Romans 8. Romans 8 together. Are they only new Great question. Great question. Let's take a look at this. Romans chapter 8, verses 18 through 23. Would somebody read that for us? Anybody? No, the whole creation, not only the creation. Okay, this is a critical, critical passage. So what is it saying? It's saying that the, the curse of sin as a result of Adam has spread to all creation. Every amoeba, every chromosome, every DNA strand, and every galaxy, the curse of sin has infused and infected every part of creation. Point number one. Point number two is, as a result, just like human beings, what does it say, quote, creation, sum it all up, everybody but mankind, okay, is doing here. What is it saying they're doing in verse 18? They're suffering, they're experiencing the curse, they are 
they, they even the inanimate parts of it are are wanting to be what set free from the curse okay <coughs> and so they they have this passionate longing for being set free from the curse um, and when will this take place first of all the promise is it will when will it according to this verse 21 so creation will be set free at the same time as mankind is set free follow me so there's this connection there's this huge connection that the transformation and redemption we're going to come back to what the word redemption means of creation will happen in parallel with that of mankind okay keep now back to um uh marty's question uh, we know from the scriptures that mankind is different than the animals different than the plants different than the inanimate creation in in what way How, we, have we have a soul now, somebody might argue this point of soul versus spirit versus body. I per There's what we call a trichotomy or a dichotomy in theology. Okay, I, I personally don't get hung up there. I, where I where I believe the scriptures speak of is the concept of a, the physical side of who we are and the inanimate side of who we are. And the inanimate side of who we are you know, is called our mind, our heart, our soul, our spirit, multiple different ways, multiple places. And so I, I kind of land there. I mean, I could argue multiple points, right? But I kind of land there. There's this an inanimate side of who we are. Um, but the scriptures in, in Genesis and in other places say that mankind is different than the animals in that he's been created um, like us. Um, and so this like us is that we, we, we have the ability to reason. We have the ability, uh, in God's definition, we are special. Uh, we are not the same as animals. Um, and so as a result of that, um, uh, to your specific question around the animals that exist today being in heaven, I don't believe they will be. There will be animals in heaven, but they won't be the same ones. That's where I would probably go. Um, now, can I be completely dogmatic on it? I don't know about that, but um, I think it probably would hold up most, 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 most of the time. It's often. So that's where I would probably land. Um, Good question, though. But this whole creation is going to be completely brought back to and made better than it was before. Okay? The following will be in heaven. Illness, wars, or church and churches. Or none of the above. No, no. Mark, until I turn the page, it's like... Yeah. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> I did. I, you know, I didn't do that on purpose, but it, I was going through this. I was like, man, that was really good. <laughs> so... So everybody is okay with none of the above? Is that kind of where you yeah. were thinking? Yeah? Okay, good. None of the above, yes. None of the above. Let's take a look at Revelation 21 again. Revelation 21, verses 4 and 5. Um. <laughs> okay, we read 2 and 3. Or one, 1 and 2, excuse me. Now let's take a look at... Um, uh, let's do 3 through 5 because I think the context there again is really important. 21, Revelation 21, 3 through 5, if you would. Heard a loud voice from the... Okay, yeah, and just the first sentence there in 5. Okay. All things new. All usually is what? All. <laughs> okay, good. So, so, we just talked about the new heavens and new earth, right? And we talked about the new Jerusalem coming down out of the intermediate heaven to this new heaven and earth. Okay? And... Um, and then in verse 3 it says here that um, the tabernacle or the, uh, the dwelling place of God now he says is quote among men among men so, he, so here we see like God making an intentional 
change of address <laughs> from the intermediate heaven to this new heaven and new earth. Okay? So that change occurs. And he says he will be forever, quote, Emmanuel. He will be forever with us from that time forever. Okay? We shall be his, he shall dwell amongst us. We will be his people. And God himself will be, quote, among them. Really important issue here. Okay, and then he says, and he shall wipe away every tear from their eyes. No longer death, mourning, crying, pain. What are, the, what are, the, what are those things? What are they a part of or evidence of? Sin, the curse, which we said at this point in time, as we're going to find out a little bit later today, has gone, gone away. Okay? Why do we say that? Because he says the first things have passed away. The first things here that he says have passed away um, is, uh, are, 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 are the things of sin. The outcomes of sin, the outcomes of the first Adam are taken away or, or spatially removed from the presence of this new heaven and new earth. Um, what, what's fascinating is that so many times you hear this this conversation about like, okay, now they're in the, in, you know, somebody, you know, absent from the body is what? Present with the Lord. Present with the Lord is where, again? The intermediate heaven. Okay? And many times what we'll end up saying or talking about is that isn't it great that they don't have any more pain or sorrow or tears? Is that a, is that a true statement according to this? Yeah? Okay, can I be contrarian? Um, when does this take place in 21? In the future, after the intermediate heaven is complete and done. Okay, so it would not be a correct statement at this point. Okay, now I, I will tell you that between now and when this takes place in the intermediate heaven, because they're in the presence of God, for for maybe the first time in their entire lives as believers, they have what I call context. So they have the ability to understand things much better than they do today because they're in the presence of God. And so they have the ability to ask God questions and be able to interact with Him um, and, and, and uh, you know how it's like when we're here and we read the scriptures and it transforms your mind that's what that will do it will give them the ability to transform how they think about maybe God's justice or God's mercy or whatever it might be so that they think rightly about it instead of thinking wrongly and so just hold that in context and as a result of that that they may not have the same kind of sorrows or grief or pain or whatever that that uh, will be gone forever at this point in time. Does that make sense to everybody so far? Mm -hmm. Okay. So let's talk about physical yeah. pain. So are you um, probably not um, at that uh, in the intermediate heaven, just because um, they have uh, oh. their 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 physical body is in the grave mm -hmm. still. Uh, we be we believe, as you can see through the revelation, even before the new heavens <laughs> and new earth, these. These uh, believers have some type of a intermediate body of some kind. We're not told what exactly what it is, but it, but Christ had it. it Christ, it is, yeah, it's not completely glorified. That will happen at, at the resurrection. Good, um, great question. Okay. Um, okay. So yeah, the, the the point I want to make here on churches too is that. Um, the purpose of churches will be no more because we live in His presence. So, really key. Uh, no more uh, sectarian <laughs> groups. Um, will there be time in heaven? No. We'll be resting for eternity. No time. We'll have no me meaning. Yes, there will be time. B. No, the time will have no meaning. Okay. All right. Well, uh, yes, there will be time. Uh, let's take a look at Revelation 8.1. Somebody want to read that? Okay. So, 
this is happening from chapter uh, 4 through chapter 19, 20, excuse me, and that is a picture in, in, in the intermediate heaven and how the intermediate heaven interacts with this tribulation time period in the, in the world. Okay, So he says that there was silence in heaven for about half an hour. First of all, from the standpoint of the ability to sing, when you sing, what, what happens? There's, there's tempo, right? tempo when you sing. I mean, you, yeah, yeah, yeah. Tempo means there's what? Time. There's beats. There's time. There's sound. There's this. There's that. Right? So, um, you know, and if we were to believe that, that the intermediate heaven is a, is a preliminary picture of what the new heavens and new earth would end up becoming, then um, we know that time existed in Eden, for sure, and uh, why would we not believe that heaven so I guess I got caught up in Revelation yeah. setting. Correct. So in my head I was like, yeah, time. Yeah. That sets the time. <laughs> yeah. Now notice it doesn't say um, that there won't be. Right. It says there's no need for it. Right. So I think that's an important distinction. Yeah. And um, what we're going to find is that there will be galaxy in the universe as we know it today. It will be redeemed. But, but the light of the glory of God through Christ will infuse and specifically for sure the New Jerusalem, the, the capital city as we're going to find out and how that all works and looks. So more to come on that. Um, okay, good. And, and so this, this hymn that's in the Bible, and you, you hear it, and time will be no more. Remember that? I can't remember what, which song it is, um, but uh, that's not accurate. <laughs> that's not true. Okay, it comes from a, a, a misunderstanding there. Okay. Um, if we and the and and they are Christians. Oh, if we and uh, and and Christians we know will be reunited with our loved ones in heaven. Yes or no? Uh, brought together with them. Yeah. Oh, think we will or or no? We but we won't remember them, so they we won't miss you them. Know, I said yes. Okay. But now I'm. No. Yeah. So, answer is yes. Um, okay. Answer is yes. Okay, let's look, let's go to First Thessalonians four. First Thessalonians four. Um, First Thessalonians four. Um, let's take a look at uh, verses fourteen through eighteen together. We will read that fourteen through eighteen. Okay, so pause there for a second. Where are the people who have gone, who have who have passed away and died, who are believers, who are believers in Christ, with Jesus, okay, because he's going to, quote, bring with him, it says, verse, right, all those who have passed away who are believers, okay? Tell you that we are still alive, are left till not proceed. Those who have fallen us, for the Lord himself yep. will come down from heaven, bowed after that, will be caught. Theref oh, therefore, sorry, yeah. Therefore, and... Yeah. So let's think this through. So, he's, so he says, Christ is going to come in the future. And when he comes, okay, um, he's going to bring with him all those who have, who have fallen asleep. Those who are in, quote, now in the third heaven with him in order for him to bring them with, with, them, with him when he comes, right? And he says that, that the people who are alive on planet earth who are believers in Christ, when he comes at that time, um, uh, that, that when he comes for, descends from heaven with a shout of voice of the archangel and with the trumpet of God, the, the dead in Christ will, come up, will rise first. So this is the resurrection of their physical bodies to be reset or glued back or put back together again with their glor glorified as glorified bodies with their body and soul. Okay, so they're coming from the third heaven with their intermediate bodies. He says those who who are there are their bodies on planet earth are going to be resurrected and put together with their souls for the to, for their glorified body forever. Okay, so that point number one. Got it? 
Okay? And then he says, um, and those who are alive, verse 17, those who are believers in Christ, still alive on planet Earth, okay, will remain, and remain shall be, quote, snatched up or caught up um, together with them, not here, but there in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and therefore they will always be with the Lord. We will always be with the Lord. So they'll be translated, and they'll be transformed, and they'll be resurrected to their glorified bodies after those who have died in Christ happen. But it'll happen very quickly. Okay? Does that make sense so far? Okay. All right, good. Um, okay, uh, this whole concept of being reunited, then also this idea of a memory wipe doesn't make sense. Well, it says because he finishes his off by saying, comfort one another with these words. Um, yeah. Okay. Um, let's see here. I think I, for some reason, something wrong here. Okay. Um, okay. Is it commonly ex ex accepted idea that heaven will be on earth? Strongly know, right? Um, and so we've looked at this already. Heaven is where God dwells. He will, he will bring this new earth into existence and a new heaven, and it'll be our eternal state. Um, is the pre is the present heaven um, where believers go when they we die the same places where we will live forever? We kind of talked about this already, right? And we said what? It's not, right? So no. Uh, when we die, we will go to be with Christ, but then um, the place where we will live forever will be where God comes down to dwell with us on the new earth. Okay. After the millennial. After the millennial kingdom. Yes, correct. Exactly. That one will be, one will be corrupted again. Uh, the, the earth during the millennial during kingdom. The millennial yes, yeah. correct. Exactly. Good, good question. Great question, in fact. Um, okay, will we be so absorbed with God that we lose our individual identities, yes or no? Okay, answer is no. Um, to believe this is Hinduism, not Christianity, but many Christians believe this. fact is that our resurrection means that we will retain our identities and be forever reestablished as individuals, liberated to see God and worship Him as our primary joy and the source of all derivative joys. Is the physical... <laughs> is the physical realm evil? Yes or no? Yeah. You mean it's corrupt? Absolutely. Intrinsically? Yeah, intrinsically. Okay. Any other people? Everything that's physical. Yeah, see, hear, touch. Okay. Intrinsically. Um, but yeah, there's this curse, right? right. So I think, I think the way Tim kind of um, said it, phrased it, was probably right, right? So it is no. The answer is no. Um, uh, Genesis 131, he, you know, God calls it good, right? And then he says very good, right? And so um, uh, I'd like you to turn, if you would, to um, Daniel chapter 7. Uh, Daniel is uh, um, one of the Daniel 7, yeah, Daniel 7, 13 and 14, if you got it. So let's look at this for a second. So he says, Christ, this son of man, okay, was coming, and he was, came to the Ancient of Days, God the Father, and was presented to him, and, given, and God the Father gave him, quote, a, a kingdom and dominion and glory. Could you, could you shut that door also? Um, and a kingdom. And this kingdom um, is where? Where is this kingdom? Is it in heaven or is it on earth? It says all the peoples and nations and language would serve him, will not pass away, not be destroyed. So this is going to be here on, on earth. Okay? And look at verse 18. It says, but the saints of the highest one will receive the kingdom and possess the kingdom forever, for all ages to come. That's eternal. That's like It's not going to stop. Okay, and then flip over to verses 20, 26, 27, 28. Somebody, uh, 26 and 27, somebody read that. So this, is, this is absolutely fascinating. So the, it says the court will sit in judgment and his dominion will be taken away. The his there is the, this, this one who um, 
is uh, called the um, Antichrist, um, and um, and so uh, his dominion will be taken away because he's found guilty and judged, and um, but then it goes on in verse twenty-seven. It says, "It says then the sovereignty and dominion and greatness." So. So think about this. What does sovereignty, dominion, and greatness speak of? And in, in, in the context here, remember, there's four kingdoms, of which the fourth kingdom was in the past, and the part of it is in the future. That part of it in the future is this Daniel's, we, we looked at it, right? It's, it's the Daniel 70th week. It's, it's this revived Roman Empire that, that, that the tribulation period is going to... Um, be the greatest uh, tribulation on planet Earth ever in the history of the world. And, and he says that he, he's going to take that away. He's going to judge him and find him guilty, and he's going to take that away. And what's going to take its place? It says that the glory, the sovereignty and dominion and the greatness of, quote, all the kingdoms under the whole heaven. So think about all the cultural things from... from, from uh, uh, Greece. Think of all the amazing things from Babylon. Think of all the amazing things from uh, uh, Persia. Think, think of all the amazing things from Rome. Think of all the amazing things that, that existed in any and all of these kingdoms. If, they, if, if the curse hadn't made them go in the wrong way, what he's saying here is like God's going to take the best of the best of all of those kingdoms and cause all that to be sucked into this new kingdom. And he says this new kingdom will be given to the people of the saints of the highest one, believers. And he says Christ's kingdom, this one who is, is the son of man who came up to the ancient of days, who is the God the Father, and God the Father gave to him this eternal kingdom of everlasting domination that will never go away and be forever like growing and like amazing um, and he says that that this everlasting kingdom will the, the inhabitants of that will be the saints of the highest one and and all the dominions um, will serve and obey Christ. Make sense? Yeah? So, crazy amazing. Um, okay, in heaven we will see everything clearly, yes or no? This one's probably a little bit of a, um, <laughs> of, of a trick question maybe, you know? Um, so, uh, uh, the answer actually, um, again, back to the way Tim said, if you caveat it, you could say yes, but the answer is no. Um, because... For us to actually see everything clearly would mean that we're omniscient and um, we won't be omniscient. We'll, we'll have better context. We'll, we'll see things clearer than we ever have before because of the presence of God and the ability to ask questions. But here's the coolest thing. Like, like as we think about what came before and we think about what is at that time and we think about what will be, we will be spending the entire eternity like unraveling how God did all these things in the past and how he pulled off the greatest you know most amazing things that we never had a view of and we're going to be quote praising God for all the incredible discoveries that we that we never knew before that were coming coming to grips with and understanding and how he worked and who he is and his character in this setting and how he pulled off the uh, um, the impossible and yeah uh, I don't know about any time because there will be space and time right so I mean somehow some way there will be yeah yeah there will be I'll know all the answers <laughs> Well, your, yeah. verse, the, your, your verse that you say here kind of contradicts the note. Verse 13, 12 says, For now we see in a mirror, then face to face, 
Now I know in part, but then I shall know fully. So I will know fully from the standpoint of being in the presence of God. I'll know fully from the standpoint of having clarity and context to a particular setting or situation. But for us to know fully, completely about everything would mean that we would be omniscient. And so we'll have better clarity. We'll understand fully because we have the lens the, the perspective of biblical perspective, which will be because of our our um, connection to God there, yeah, but we won't know exhaustively if that makes sense, yeah, quite different okay um, okay then we'd have to be God if we knew exhaustively and completely you know completely yeah okay, will we remember our lives and, and relationships on earth? That wasn't one of the answers. <laughs> You said, I don't know. I said, <laughs> I said you I can't said have that. No. <laughs> oh, you said no, okay. <laughs> I said no. All right, we'll remember our lives. <laughs> My on answer is B. <laughs> okay, 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 good, good, good. Okay, well, the answer is yes. Um, we will remember our lives and relationships on earth. Um, uh, turn with me, not to those two. Well, let, let's take a look at Revelation first. Um, so, no, let's look at Malachi. Malachi is the last book of the Bible, of the Old Testament, excuse me. Um, Malachi chapter 3, verse 16. Malachi 3.16, would somebody read that? Those who fear the Lord. Okay. A book of remembrance was written. So, this book is laid out of all, everything that was done by those who are his believers in him and it, it exists and, and it will exist um uh let's go to an but isn't that his book yeah it's his book and, oh. and i believe we'll be able to read it too yeah he says those who fear the lord talked with one another or talked with each other Lord listened and heard in a scroll of talking about it talking about yeah. his book yeah yeah and that and that he laid it out so that we would have this for um, to come back to, very in a very similar way as like the stones of remembrance. This is the similar kind of a thing where they would be written down for for future um, interactions about um, Re- Revelation. Um, it's not up there, but Revelation chapter eight. Make, let me find this one real quick because this one's this. I'm doing this one off the top of my head here. Let's see. That's what happens when you. Do it off the cuff. Um, correct. Yeah, so, so here you go. Uh, Revelation 6, I'm sorry. Revelation 6, not 8. Revelation 6. Um, if you would look with me at <clears throat> verse 9, he says, I'll read this. And when he broke the fifth seal, I saw underneath the altar. So this is in the intermediate heaven. Okay. I saw underneath the altar of the, of the souls of those who had been slain because of the word of God and because of the testimony they had maintained. And these ones who were martyred for their faith cried out with a loud voice, saying, How long, O Lord, holy and true, will you keep from judging and avenging our blood on those who dwell on the earth? Um, And there was given to each one of them a white robe, and they were told that they should rest, quote, a little while longer until the number of their fellow servants and their brethren who were to be killed, even as they had been, should be completed also. And so this... These, these ones who were butchered, these ones who were martyred in, on planet Earth, um, it's very clear. Like They have the ability to see what's happening with their brethren on Earth and, and that their brethren on Earth are, are going through the same thing that they're going through. And they're, they're like appealing to God, like, stop, stop it. You, you and you alone can keep this from happening and keep this from, from occurring. And, and, and God's like, there is a purpose. My purpose will be fulfilled, and when my purpose is fulfilled, I will stop it. Um, and so, um, they they know what's um, going on. Correct. Or sin. Right. Correct. Exactly. We'll remember everything about our some of this or our past will not be. That doesn't mean we'll forget it. Right. In fact, but that's, there's no sadness in heaven, so well, we know that we're not going to be sad about it. The flip side of it, it won't be grace will be splashed over yeah. everything. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, okay, I totally messed up in but God has forgiven his. I can be thrilled 
beyond thrill. That yeah. And, and, and it's going to have such an incredible effect upon us that, that the, the outcomes from the sin that plague us today from a grief, sin, from a grief, pain, um, uh, come up with all those words, right, will be transformed because of the grace of God. And it, it will move us to a place of, of appreciation and um, uh, thankfulness and gratitude. And so it'll, it'll change how we interact with those things. They will be seen in the rearview mirror from the perspective of God's <coughs> grace, God's mercy, God's faithfulness, and God's glory. And, and it'll be stunning. Like, I don't know how he's going to do all that because we, we, we're not there today. I'm not there today. Um, but God will bring context and clarity to, the, to those situations in such a way that it will cause us to worship and praise him like there's no great question. Uh, will we learn in heaven? Yes or no? Okay, good. Yes, definitely. Um, Ephesians 2.7 says that, um, uh, I'll read it for you. You don't have to go there. Um, he says, this is a fascinating verse. He says, um, uh, he says, uh, in order, uh, he raised him up in Jesus, he raised us up with him and seated us in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Why? Verse 7, in order that in the ages to come, that's heaven, okay, he might show the surpassing riches of his grace in kindness towards us in Christ Jesus. That's what we're talking about right there. That, that, that God's grace will be put on a pedestal for everyone to go, oh my, how amazing, how stunning is our God that he could pull that off. That's the crazy thing. Verse 6, will we know our loved ones in heaven? Yes or no? Answer is yes, certainly. Um, interesting, on the Mount of Transfiguration, even, uh, J Peter, James, and John didn't even know Elijah and Moses. Didn't even know them, but like they go, they there they are. <laughs> and they, and they, they didn't even have it to be introduced. Like, I don't know what that's all about, right? Um, so that's pretty cool. Um, okay. Um, will we eat and drink in heaven? Absolutely. Remember Christ ate breakfast, right? Same thing. Um, so this, this verse for me like changed a whole lot of things in my life. Um, not that I delve into them now, but because um, I still choose not to drink, but that's my own decision. But this is a pretty cool verse. Isaiah 25. I never knew this verse existed in the Bible. It has changed some, some powerful things about how I thought about many things. Um, Isaiah 25, um, verse 6 through 9. Uh, somebody want to read that if they can? Isaiah 25, 6 through 9. The Lord of hosts will make all peoples all refined. Okay. And he goes on to talk about what he's going to do in that, in that space. But uh, here it is. <laughs> the Lord of hosts, God... Okay, is going to prepare a lavish banquet for all peoples on the mount, this mountain. And God prepares wine that is fully aged for us to drink. I thought that was, like, interesting. <laughs> that changed my perspective of a bunch of stuff. <laughs> we won't pass it up. Not when God offers it, right? And so um, it's been aged, so it's not this, you know, oh, oh that's the... You know the grape juice stuff, you know, uh, and 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 this beautiful uh, banquet is what he's talking about. Amazing, isn't it? Cool. Um, so yeah, we're gonna eat. We're gonna love to eat. Great news is we'll we'll eat. I think we'll be able to eat what we want and probably not have too many problems. So that's great. That's my that's my hope of heaven. Um, what will be the greatest and relentless joy of heaven? Living in our own mansion, marrying our bridegroom. Family reunion with loved ones past. The, the greatest and most relentless joy of heaven will be B, um, uh, marrying our bridegroom, Christ. The second will be um, family and friends and um, community. 
um, celebrating community. Um, and, he, and he calls, I call it here, the glorious reunion. Separation will be sweet, getting back together again. Um, so some amazing things here. Um, I can't believe how fast we've gone through here. So a couple things real quick. Um, uh, next week, what I want you to do is just write down your questions and bring them with you, okay? Um, but I wanted to um, introduce you to, um, I wanted to introduce you right at the bottom of, slide or page three here, which I want you to uh, write down this word. I'm going to introduce you to a new word. Eucatastrophe. Eucatastrophe. So it's catastrophe with EU at the front. Eucatastrophe. Um, J.R. Tolkien, anybody know who J.R. Tolkien is? Who, what, anybody know what he wrote? Lord of the Rings, right? The Hobbit and all that series. Um, Eucatastrophe. What, he, he, he made up this word. And what he meant it to be was a sudden turn of events at which a story ensures that the protagonist does not meet some terrible, <coughs> impending, and very plausible doom. When you think about it for the, the Sleeping Beauty, remember when Sleeping Beauty got, got uh, the prince came and kissed her, um, and everything changed, right? Um, same thing with the Lord of the Rings. Remember in the climax of the Lord of the Rings, uh, Frodo is, um, got the last ring, and he's being fought by um, uh, the, uh, uh, the golem, right? And he and he drops, gets the ring into the into the fire, and it melts, and the whole kingdom comes comes down, right? Remember that from a from a time perspective. So um, Tolkien called this calls the incarnation of Christ the Eucharist the eucatastrophe of human history, and he calls the resurrection the eucatastrophe of the incarnation. That w that's, that's how he viewed everything. Um, and so what I wanted to do was say, it doesn't come out here, but I wanted to say that the second coming of Christ and the creation of the new heavens and the new earth function as the culmination of God's redemptive plan, and therefore th those that we're studying here are the eucatastrophe of eternity. That's because everything changes at, on, on, on this like literal pivot um, that exists. Um, does that make sense to everybody? Yeah? Um, eucatastrophe. And so the, the second coming of Christ and the, and, the, and the creation of the new heavens and earth pivot everything and, and establish an entire new... <coughs> new um, a future, if you would. Um, well, that was supposed to be the introduction here. <laughs> I'm just kidding. We, we, we got quite a ways along here. But uh, what, I, what I want you to do is uh, go into the um, online materials. Um, and what you'll see here is, uh, let me just show you. I'm just going to flip through it, and then you can see what, what's there, and then we'll close, okay? So what I want you to do is I want you to go look at what we assume about heaven, what the Bible says about heaven, okay? And then there's, there's a few of these that all connect. There's three areas of mankind and earth. There's Genesis 1 and 2, which is the past, okay? There's Genesis 3 through Revelation 20, which is the present, right? And then there's Revelation 21 and 22, which is the future, the eternal state. Does that make sense to everybody so far, conceptually? And what I've done is I've given you um, these two and then given you the answers here for your, for your handout. And so when you go online, you'll be able to see what, what are these fill-in-the-blanks on this side, which will show you how they tie. Make sense? So I have a few of those to go through. And then... Uh, these were some of the questions that um, I was going to get into today, but we won't, obviously don't have time, so we'll get into next week. But I, I'll expect you to go through those online and look at those and get that caught up there. And then these are just some of the questions that m you might have. Um, you probably have a lot more. But what I want you to do is write them down. Okay. And then last but not least, just before we um, close, there's life on earth. What happens here is we, we live our life to get to about a, I don't know, I don't know where that peak is for each of us, 
Um, you know, I, it's, it might be more mental than anything else, but certainly physical and mental, right? And, and whatever this peak was, um, I believe is just like Christ, you know, is 33, 32, 33 years old, right, when he, when he died. Um, when he, in his post-resurrected state, he was he visually in, in, the, in the prime, in his prime of how he was. And so I think that's probably what will happen with us. But, but here on earth, we, um, we have this downward component going on. And the beauty of this intermediate heaven is immediately we, upon death, we, we, we move past our peak. And then life on the new earth is when we're resurrected, that's just going to continue to grow and, and be, become the best of the best there is. So um, just in closing, one, one last, I'll just read this and then we'll be done. There's a great <laughs> song you might have heard from Wayne Watson. And I, th- I just thought it was kind of important a key thing to show you, to talk about. He says, that the words say, I'm trying hard not to think you unkind, but Heavenly Father, if you know my heart, surely you can read my mind. Good people underneath a sea of grief, some get up away, some get up and walk away, and some will find ultimate relief. Out in the corridors, we pray for a life, a mother for a baby, a husband for his wife. Sometimes the good die young, it's sad but true, but while we pray for one more heartbeat, the real comfort is with you. You know pain has a little mercy, and suffering no respect or age or race or position. I know every prayer gets answered, but the hardest one to pray is is slow to come. Oh Lord, not mine, but your will be done. And and then the the chorus is home free eventually at the ultimate healing or or our glorious reunion, we will be home free. Home free. I've got a feeling the ultimate healing we will be. Um, would uh, somebody like to close us in prayer? Great. Thanks, Marty. Help us this week. Amen. Have a wonderful week. You too. <clears throat>